0: We live in a world with different generations and this can be messy and confusing, beautiful and inspiring. Sometimes we need the time to pause, reflect and listen to each other and the XYZ Experiment Podcast brings you these conversations. I'm Fiona, your Gen X and joining me today is our Gen Y Dash and our Gen Z Luke. So, Luke, I've got a question for you. Recently, I went to a concert. I went to Perth and saw Coldplay Mm. I took my mum. My mum, who's 76 years old, and um, she said it's the best thing she's ever seen live. Like, it was just incredible. When we went there, I've been seeing Coldplay for years. I really do enjoy their concerts because it is a real experience. Like, there is nothing else like it when you go see a Coldplay concert, whether you like them or not. The experience itself is pretty incredible. So I was looking around in the concert and I realised that a lot of people at this concert were Gen Zs. Like a lot more than I would have thought. I would have thought it would have been more Xs and maybe some millennials, but there was a lot of Gen Zs at this concert. And it surprised me because Coldplay had been around since like 1998 and I wouldn't have thought they would sort of appeal to a Gen Z population. Anyway, afterwards, obviously, my TikTok algorithm knew that I'd gone to Coldplay because it just kept showing me clip after clip of people at Coldplay in Perth. And these clips are all Gen Zs, like, on their TikTok. And they're, like, um, saying, oh, I've ticked that off my bucket list, like it's now off my bucket list. And so I got thinking about how can you be, like, 22 and 23 and have a bucket list? Like, I'm 54 and I don't have a bucket list. And so my thoughts are around... How nostalgic is your generation? Like, because I, I feel like Gen Z's are really nostalgic, but I know Dasha and I have already had a conversation behind the mic and she's feeling maybe not as much for a Gen Y. So i just like your take on it, you two, today.
1: Yeah, I think Gen Z, not only are we nostalgic, we go beyond being nostalgic and we almost appropriate other people's nostalgia. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm dead serious. I know that when I was growing up, so I was born in 1998, 2012, I'm 14 and I was a frequenter of Reddit and going on, I was really big into video games at that point. Yeah. And when I was 14 on Reddit, a lot of the people on there were millennials. Yes. And so a lot of that skewed, obviously, a lot of the content on there. And when I was going on the subreddits for video games, it was a lot of nostalgia regarding some of those old retro consoles. And... All of a sudden, I got super obsessed with things like there's a console called the Nintendo 64. Yes, oh,
0: that's, yes, that's yeah. My favourite thing, yeah.
1: Released two years prior to my birth, yeah. that all of a sudden I became a super fan of. I knew about all the games that were on the Nintendo 64, I'm watching playthroughs of people, you know, playing and talking about all these games like Super Mario 64 and Legend of Zelda. And even talking to my parents about, oh man, it's so nostalgic looking at those things. And they're like, what are you talking about? You've never physically seen a Nintendo 64 console in your life. How can you be talking about it? And I think upon reflection, because it's something that I see now in generations, like Generation Alpha as well, doing that for some of the stuff that I was into that I know they definitely weren't into. I think it has to do with the way that we value art and information and music and its longevity. I feel like now even if something is super popular in the moment and it's got a lot of eyes on it, it quickly is passed on within a year to whatever the next big thing is. So something like there's a safety and and this really special experience when listening to things from like the 80s and 90s because there's a lot of stuff surrounding it, a lot of other art and music, but it really just stands out what's special. And that is what you can grasp onto. But when you think about what are the top things in 2023, 2022, 2021, it's just an influx of stuff. And I think the way that we also digest it, it's like you watch it, but you almost watch it just so you can watch it so you can move on to the next thing. It's less Mm -hmm. about sitting with something for a long time and really experiencing it. So I think in that, that digestion process as well, it's why something like these things from the 90s, that's it, that's from the 90s, the 90s is over now. I can just come back to that and be there with that over and over again. Whereas think about like some of the, you know, Game of Thrones, Squid Games. I'm just trying to think offhand, rattle off a couple of TV shows that were considered so, so popular and influential. No one talks about them anymore.
0: They still talk about Friends. Still talk about
1: Friends. Still talk about The Office, which was now almost 20 years ago.
0: West Wing. They still talk about all those sorts of things, which seem for a Gen Z a long time ago.
1: And it could possibly be as well because a lot of what we um, digest is, is digital. There's a lot more physical elements to some of that older media. Potentially that's the reason, the kind of idea of we buy games now that are digital, you've got a big digital library, you can subscribe to services where you just get a bunch of them for free monthly, things like that, whereas before it was you buy a cartridge, you physically put it into a physical console, you have that experience with the game i think things like that the the novelty of that and the simplicity of it i think is quite special to gen Z. even if it's something we haven't experienced firsthand
0: i've got a story about the nintendo 64 and i have to share it because it's just one of my favorite stories We were going to Lombok Island on Bali and my husband wanted the Nintendo 64 so we bought it duty free on our way and we took it with us. We went with another couple and we played Nintendo 64 every day. Because Lombok back then, um, because this is going back to the 1990s, there was nothing to do but beach and sand and so we would sort of swim a lot and then in the afternoon and there's a phrase that Mario says that goes, let's go. And, um, and, and so, you know, we'd be in the pool and we'd be eating and that. And then all of a sudden one of us would go, let's go. And then we'd go back to the hotel room and play Nintendo 64. And it's such a strong memory for me for that holiday. Now um, the couple that came with us, they've, they've got a couple of children now, but they didn't have the children then. And, 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 um, the mum, she says to me, oh, you don't happen to have any of those consoles or anything anymore because my boys want it, like this Nintendo 64. And I do. I still had all the games. And going, yeah, I can give you some of the games and all that sort of stuff because I don't know whether they're millennial or Gen Z. They'll be right on the cusp of it. But mm. they wanted they wanted to play it. They wanted to play it. Like, it's incredible.
1: Yeah, I wonder you're right if it's it's got something to do with, like, forming strong memories. Whereas if you're really just consuming... Because there's a difference between experiencing and consuming. If you're just experience, uh, sorry, consuming media, then you're not really sitting with it. You're not mm. forming memories with it. You're really just trying to power through it, which I find myself doing quite a lot. I think things like people making lists of movies they want to watch and stuff. And just binging. And binging as well. Just taking it all in, eating it up, and then just moving on.
2: And we're often multitasking, right, while we're watching something. So we're watching a show and we're on our phones at the same time. So you're not doing that experience in the same way. Like I just remember watching Friends or watching The West Wing or watching some of those other shows and it was an episode a week and you had to wait for it Mm. and you had to sit through ads and, you know, all of those things that don't happen anymore. And so we were much more grounded and present in engaging with those elements. And I wonder whether or not Gen Z is nostalgic for that, Whereas in millennials, I think we are nostalgic, but maybe not to the same extent, because we did experience that for some of our formative years. And we've now become, you know, a lot more with the digital stuff. But we grew up with that grounding. It,
0: it's an interesting, I was listening to a, um, a TV critic, um, on YouTube or, or TikTok not long ago, and they were saying that when they drop whole seasons, so when they put a whole season on, he was talking about the bear, how they put a whole season on, that sometimes the even though the TV show is absolutely fantastic, it doesn't get the kudos or the acclaim that it should because people binge it and then forget about it, and yeah. it's over within a week, and it just doesn't get the, the sort of... Um, the fantastic accolades that it should get Whereas something like he said Succession, he gave these two examples Where they were giving one episode a week mm-hmm. And making you wait It had an eight week run Where people just talked about it for eight weeks Just talked and, talked and talked and talked and talked And then the next two weeks after that So then that became a lot more successful In the accolades and it's probably going to win A lot more awards But it may have not been any better than the bear It's just that the bear had one week of it and then, yeah. But this has had eight weeks of it so I think it's it's interesting when you say about, um, you know, nostalgia and things like that around that, that sometimes you can just binge this stuff so quick that it's just gone. You've done it. I don't know. Like, if you were to watch something like friends right friends went for what 10 years Mm -hmm. and they did like 20 episodes a year something some an unbelievable number and we had to wait for that every week to watch that episode and but i never got past i think season six i sort of burnt out on it but like now um people can binge all of that in one go you Mm -hmm. know well uh, over a number of weeks probably but so does that make it more nostalgic or is it just something more to burn through
1: you know yeah it's a good question going back to what you're saying before as well about dropping things entire seasons i think about strong memories i have watching tv shows and the only one that comes to mind is actually when i was watching game of thrones and that's because it was being released Every once week. a week yeah and so my friends on a monday after school we'd all go back to mine and download the newest episode of game yeah. of thrones and watch it together because you're right you have to sit with it You've got a week to reflect on what happened in that episode. You need to make sure that you're up to date and present for the next episode so you know where where it's kicking off. I think things like that just aren't really... It's interesting because I think people don't want that. They want things to be dropped like an entire Mm. season so they can just consume it. But at the same time, they hearken for the experience of it being a long-running... like Again, things like Friends. Mm. You might binge Friends but you've had, it's been around for over, is it over 20 years now? Yeah. Yeah. So they've had time to sit and think about friends and the storylines of friends and the characters of friends and clips from friends have been chopped up and memed and put on other forms of media. And so they've spent so much time with it that it almost is nostalgic because it's been around for so long. No one's really nostalgic for Squid Game because it came out, you watched it and then that was it.
2: Mm -hmm. I do wonder though, um, because we've been recently going through you know, our streaming services and saying, oh, what should we watch? What should we, what should we watch? And I said, oh, look, there's season two of that show is out. And almost having this conversation of being like, I can't even remember season one. I
0: know. I do that. Sometimes. Cannot. have have no memory. I have to go back and watch the last episode just so I know what the new season's going to be. Or we need be. a
2: recap episode yeah. before yeah. we can watch the next thing. But I think the going back to what you were saying in terms of how you know episodes dropped and I think the power of an episode dropping is, it, is also then happening within the context of what's happening in your life at the time yeah. and it gives you that stronger memory link of, oh, I remember that was the time when I'd come back from school at 4pm and watch this with my friends. Like there's – you can remember what you were doing and who you were with and all of those types of things whereas in when you are just binging – and it's a normal part of like what you might do when you're chilling out, then it all blurs into one mm. and you don't mm. have an anchoring point. And I just think of some of the games, games, shows that I used to watch. Like there, I used to watch Alias um, after soccer training. Yes. And so soccer training would be, I think it was like from seven till eight thirty, And Alias would start at 9. PM. So I would rush home from soccer training get home at nine o'clock, I'd be still drenched and wet and muddy in my soccer uniform, but I'm not recording it. So I would sit on the heater, muddy, ducted heater, watch to Alias. watch Alias before I'd then have a shower. And Because it wasn't on demand. It wasn't on demand. Yeah. And it was just the way that my adrenaline would, like, calm down <laughs> post-soccer training. So
0: we sort of established that you guys are sort of nostalgic for the TV. How about music? Music it's,
1: as well. I think I'm not sure necessarily about music in the sense of like being like, oh, back in the day music was better. But I think that the idea, the idea of it is very nostalgic. Mm. And again, it goes back to that simplicity of like you buy a CD, you buy vinyl. I think we like that experience because it's like, okay, we have to stop. We have to go and buy a CD we can't flip around to different tracks as easily. Mm. It's the one album you put on and you listen to it. And I think that, again, it's something that we don't often do. We love just flicking through a bunch of different songs, consuming a bunch of stuff on Spotify. Don't like or that one.
0: Swipe it off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: But I think, we, again, we long for a time where that doesn't exist. Mm. We, we want opportunities where we actually can't do that, which you get with a lot of retro stuff, whether that be music and how you play it, whether that be games and how you play it
0: because i think there's a lot of i think the 80s in particular seems to resonate with a lot of people you know listening to Mm -hmm. that sort of music again and things like abba and all that Uh. sort of stuff can be very nostalgic like would you guys get up but you know to any abba song or anything like that
1: oh yeah i love abba
2: yeah i wouldn't get up to abba but i would get up to other 80s music and boy now, bands or um yeah probably boy bleh, boy bands but like simon and garfunkel oh, yeah, yeah. love hollow notes uh i have no idea who you're talking about all right <laughs> they sing um like
0: um breakfast yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i won't sing any of the songs to you
2: <laughs> but um you know it is a lot of that like elton john and all of those is he 80s queen yeah all of that yeah all the definitely 80s. beatles yeah. Um,
0: Beatles of the
2: 60s 60s, sorry (laughs) But I guess going back to um, How we listen to music, right We drove down to Rosebud yesterday And I then was saying to Scott Oh, I remember doing this drive heaps When I was doing data collection And that was before Peninsula Link existed, right So it was a longer drive And he was like, oh, that was in our old car Where you only had a CD player So there's no Bluetooth Yeah and I remember I'd have like this big stack of CDs, like in a carry little case. Yep. And I would at the start of the trip have to pick which CD I would listen to for the entirety of the drive. Because I wasn't going to then pull over and switch yeah, CDs. And, switches over. and so you would learn an album really, really well. Like mm. you would know all of the songs. You'd know what songs coming next. Yep, yeah. 100%. And so I then have memories of songs of the drives that I was doing while I was listening to them wow. And I don't feel mm. like we do that as much Because it's we make our playlists And I know we've talked about that in another yeah, podcast, Episode yeah. but It is an interesting thing how, how grounding It is because you can't flick As much
0: I remember it used to be pretty amazing if you had a Six stacker CD yes. player in your boot Yes And you put all your six CDs on mm. and then it would play through your car Like that used to be incredible <laughs> Oh my god I got a
1: six stacker that's kind of brought me back to this piece of advice that I got. Okay. So I got this advice for writing and it was a really huge piece of advice that I got when I was, I think 17 and it was profound enough where I remembered it, but at the time not, uh, I couldn't, didn't resonate with it because obviously I'm 17. I don't resonate with anything because <laughs> I know everything. It was, they were talking to us about writing and writing novels and how writing novels takes a a long time takes eight to 12 months if you're actually trying to smash it out and one thing that this author in residency said to us was don't be afraid to live your life while writing if you just sit and just write that's great but you're going to miss out on all these super rich experiences that you get that you bring into your art yeah and I kind of feel like as we've been talking now, it's the same thing when it comes to like watching TV shows, listening to music. It's don't be afraid to live your life while you do it. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just sitting and stopping everything and shutting the curtains and just consuming art, you're not bringing anything into that experience. You're just sitting there just doing it.
2: Oh.
1: And I think there's a huge link to that because it is bring your experiences into the way that you interpret the art, living your life. As you said, you have memories, you have contextual cues. I remember what I was doing, how I was feeling when I experienced this because it was actually important to me. I was even thinking now, I don't watch any TV shows and recently I've been watching one with my sister and we watch a couple episodes a night but recently we've been too busy and so we haven't. Mm. I don't really rate this TV show that highly. I don't really like it that much, but it stays with me now much longer than all these other shows that I've watched that I did really enjoy just from the mere fact that I've had to take a break from it because we've been too busy to watch it.
2: Yeah. What
1: What show is it? It's called Euphoria. Oh,
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Euphoria,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, not in love with it, but just I've sat with it and begun liking it more and appreciating it more just because I've had time away from it and time to formulate, oh, I watched that with my sister while my parents were away or whatnot.
0: Sometimes, though, you can really get stuck in the nostalgia because just because you've mentioned that, I'm thinking of Sex and the City. And, of course, they've got their new show, And Just Like That. And it's almost ruining the experience of sex in the city. It's almost become a sport to hate watch just like that, you know. It's just... It's uh, because the the original canon is just so, you know... I mean, that's the 1990s, isn't it? Um, So ingrained, and then to see things happening now, it's almost like... I don't want the characters to change or yeah. grow up in any way like I want them to be exactly who they were which is not realistic in any way you know but sometimes that nostalgia can get a little bit destroyed I'd rather go back and I would go back and watch entire seasons of Sex and the City again but I wouldn't rewatch and just like that you mm. know it just wouldn't I'm glad they renamed it I'm glad it's got a different name
2: And I think that's the other thing that you have just mentioned the rewatching mm. like how much rewatching of shows that we did because we might have taped them. Yeah. We might, when we got to DVD players, we might have had a few DVDs of particular shows or particular movies, and that was your library, and you just rewatch over and over again. We had that with Seinfeld. Yeah, and yeah. I just think that makes it stay with you a lot more. Whereas in now, even if it's available to you 24 7 on streaming, you don't necessarily always rewatch it.
0: Some of the stuff when you do rewatch, though, you see how problematic it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just think, "Oh my god!" Because <laughs> we weren't as woke back then.
1: <laughs> Can I ask, Dash? So, are you nostalgic of things from your childhood? Though,
2: I think it's more nostalgic for things because I am a geriatric millennial. <laughs> I'm on the cusp. Um, I think the things that I am nostalgic for are probably more young adulthood. Okay. Is what I think about the most. But from childhood, and this is the other thing that is totally different to what I think the current generations are experiencing is because we um we kind of kept everything. We're very sentimental and I feel like uh it was a record for us. Now everything is online. Like you've got photos from the parties you went to and the things that you did together with your friends and you put them on Instagram and you have Facebook albums so on true. them.
0: I can't imagine Luke's got photo albums of Yeah, his but, you know, we have yeah. photo albums. Yeah, I've got lots of photo lots albums. Of,
2: and, you know, even for the podcast, I've had to go to my mum and say, can you find the photos of us travelling as kids? And yeah. she's had to take photos and send them to me. Yeah. But the number of notes that we would have written each other in class and they were all in code so in case, like, the boy that we liked um, found them, they wouldn't know who we were talking about. Like, some of my friends still have them. Uh, diaries we kept. It was just, they're little time capsules that you can go back to. Um, and so this year my friends and I decided not to do Christmas presents. We wrote each other Christmas cards instead. Oh, lovely. Um, and we always write each other Christmas cards. This year it was about, like, making a bigger deal of the Christmas card. But um, we asked one of my friends and she's, like, kept most of the Christmas cards and birthday cards that she's ever received. Wow. Wow. And so one of my other friends at the dinner was like, but why? Like, that's so much stuff to store. So I feel like millennials, Gen Ys are a little bit of both. We're a bit nostalgic But sometimes we're a bit pragmatic too as to like how much we keep and how much we engage with stuff. And do you know one of the things that I think was so powerful about the notes we would write, the diary entries, the letters we would write, they were so unfiltered. Yeah. Because they weren't curated for social media. But I just want to say one more thing about the notes. Yeah. We would also fold our notes into these epic origami things and so you would have to unwrap the notes and then you'd have pages of these notes that we would write in class to each other. I love that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't keep any of that sort of stuff. Like and I've obviously bin them and I feel a little bit sad about that that I've I've got rid of that. And then you've got the Marie Kondo, you know, yeah. you clean your house out and one of her things is to throw away your photographs, like to scan them all in and then throw them away. I, I did not do that step. I love looking at those albums. I often go back and look at them and, and have a... I couldn't even think about throwing those albums out. So maybe that's a nostalgia in me, you know, just yeah. another, another time. you know. I love it when I see like a sepia-style photo and I think, oh, yeah, that was taken during the 70s or the 80s, you know, just the actual processing of it.
2: And I do wonder, like, what are the things that you will keep because you're nostalgic about them so you've just talked about photo albums but like there things that you keep out of nostalgia
1: i think gen z going back to our nostalgic tendencies i'm an excellent archivalist i archive almost all of my stuff
2: but you put it digitally
1: no no physically yeah. i've got a huge big like box that's just filled with all of my documents and stuff cards letters Maybe it's wow. also because of the novelty of it. It's not something we get as often these days. So yeah. when you do get it, you so it's special. keep it. Yeah. yeah. But all of my like old writing as well, I keep just because I can look back at it and be like, Wow, I've I was terrible at that point in my time like in time. But also I think when you guys were talking about writing letters to one another and writing journal entries, that's something that's like had a huge resurgence in Gen Z because we want that. Yeah. We want to sit and we can text anyone at any point in time as much as we want for free just via our phone but i think we want to stop we want to stop and think and rest with things and really reflect on things which i think is a huge struggle those experiences we're so nostalgic for the idea of them because again it's just so different to the way that we live normally
2: yeah very interesting i um remember with one of my housemates she had kept every single toy she had Wow. Yeah, and I was like, get rid of those. <laughs> I'm nostalgic for Lego.
0: I'm obsessed with it. Like, still love it. Still got my original Lego from when I was young and all that sort of stuff. And recently I was looking at it thinking, I have to get rid of that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: That'd be a collector's item. Oh, yeah. There's, it's, I'll show you a photo afterwards. It's a pretty serious collection, but it's like... <laughs> I what am I holding on to this for? Like, like I'm always having these thoughts when you're holding on to stuff about, okay, what am I holding on to this for? And I sometimes think, because I don't have kids, I'm not holding it on for anybody else now. Like, there's nobody but for me to pass on to. you have nieces and nephews? I do, but they're all adults. I mean, I mean, not adults. They're all young teenagers now, and it's just like, what are they? They don't want it. They don't want it. No, they don't want it. You know, they... I mean, if I had a, a new iPhone, you know, 15 that I was getting rid of, they'd want that. But. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think you'd be surprised. I think Lego is something that's universally loved.
0: Yeah. I know yeah. people
1: my age that still are so into Lego. Yeah.
0: I, I, I feel like Lego's actually got a real new nostalgic drive to it. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of adults doing Lego at the moment. And and I think it's more than just that Lego show that's on. I think it's been going for that's why the Lego show was created, because there's so much nostalgia yeah. around Lego at the moment.
2: Yeah. I was just going to say, the one or two soft <coughs> toys that I've got, One, the one um, in particular that has stood the test of time is one I shoplifted as a baby. What? No, yeah. oh, as a baby, okay. I was a baby. And I was in the pram... And mum was pushing me around, and I grabbed it. It's a Pink Panther soft toy. Yeah. And just had it on my lap, and mum didn't realise. And know, we walked yeah. out of the store, yeah. and I had shoplifted my soft toy.
1: Wow. <laughs>
2: and you still have it to we this day? We still have it.
1: Wow. I know. The first of many things you've shoplifted.
2: <laughs> it's just so funny because I was just like, oh, my goodness, but I just loved it. There was probably a, something about the colour or something that yeah. I just was very attracted to as a kid.
0: I think one of the things with nostalgia that's hard too is when your parents get rid of stuff yes and like without asking you or anything like that and then you go looking for it and they go we got rid of it and of course they did because you didn't look for it for 20 years but then you go oh i really wanted that you know because suddenly something happened that gave you a thought of it but that's a hard thing when your folks throw out your stuff that Mm
1: -hmm. you think
2: "Oh, i really loved that have you had that yet I haven't had that yet because my parents don't throw things out, mm. but...
1: <laughs> yeah, neither do mine.
2: <laughs> I'm kind of worried about having to go through everything, but... But, you know, that movement, the Marie Kondo
0: movement about, you know, cleaning, getting rid of... Because she's literally getting rid of all your nostalgic stuff. Yeah. Literally. I mean, that was a big thing that was, was happening. And was that a real millennial thing? Because I feel yes, it was a real millennial thing rather a than Gen X It was a thing.
2: We don't... We... I have gone through a Marie Kondo phase... Mm. And I think every time we were also moving house, we would go through and throw out heaps. But we have now basically a tradition of every year we go through stuff. And Mm. if we haven't used it in the last 12 months, then it's like, okay, do we still need it and get Mm. rid of it? And just going through and sorting through like everything in our kitchen and every, like we tackle room by room, drives me absolutely crazy. But it is a important process. But sometimes I do think we overthrow things out Yeah, and then, I go, oh, maybe I shouldn't have thrown that out. But now it's gone. Oh, well.
1: Like minimalism, the balance has to be throwing out things because there will be things that you will not want to throw out that eventually you'll be like, why didn't I just want to throw that out? There's yeah. like no point to it. But it's also about making sure you keep things in your life that do bring you joy. Yeah. And I think that might take so up slightly more space than maybe if you're just it's just the white walls and just like your floor. And again, that just comes to Gen Z just being so nostalgic yeah. about everything. It's it's really funny. And even going back to having bucket lists at 25, it's really it's funny to hear that. I think the way, yeah, the way Gen Z view the world, I don't know if it's because we're quite worried about everything going downhill. So, we were having bucket lists at 25 or we're just so reflective. I don't know what it is, but yeah.
2: I just find your reflection on the fact that Gen Z are nostalgic for things that they never lived through yeah <laughs> very
0: fascinating yeah so do i that's <laughs> what i find fascinating i can understand my nostalgia at my age but at your age i think god I,
2: you weren't even born yet
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that's why we have nothing we had nothing to be nostalgic about so we have to find something to be nostalgic about
2: you're so you are borrowing other people's nostalgia quite happily
0: we'll hand it over too yeah i just think yeah that that was great yeah worth worth loving
2: yeah, yeah. so cool Hi everyone, it's Dash. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. If you've enjoyed our show and um, like what you're hearing, tell all your friends and family and hit that subscribe button. If you want to hear our updates and know when episodes drop, follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. And our original music was composed and performed by the amazing Luke Champion.